0: We're joined now by the head coach at BYU, Kalani Sitake, with us here on The Big Show.
1: Uh, Hey, coach, how are you? Good to be on. Thanks, guys, for having me. Kalani, I saw you on your first interview this morning, and I thought, how's he going to be by the time he gets to our show? Because we like to save you for (laughs) last. And you've held up pretty well.
2: Thank you. I mean, I I think I'm just... I mean, wearing the suit probably didn't do well for me. (laughs) <laughs> I think next year I'm going to go um, in a T-shirt and, and shorts. Why the suit?
1: What's going on with that? Um, Do you have to I not I didn't shirt? look
2: good in the polo, to be honest with you. And I thought, oh, might as well overdress and make it look official and make it look cool. And
1: Well, it's sharp. That's good looking. Thank your, you. Your yeah, your yeah. have any say in this?
2: Um, no, I mean, I... I this is this is not really that comfortable for me, but, uh, but I, I I learn a lot from being in an uncomfortable com- comfortable position. So I'm going to just chalk it up to a learning experience. I'm
1: thinking game day.
2: Never yeah. that'll never happen. No. <laughs> Although I might go Tom Landry and get a hat. That would that be oh, pretty well, cool. Those, yeah. yeah what do they cool. call those hats? Uh, is
0: that a fedora? Uh, yeah, that. maybe something like that. Yeah, I, I, that'd be a good look for you, Coach. I could see you pulling
2: that off. Maybe we'll see. I don't you know. know. You
1: get one of the get one of those big beach hats. You know, with the big brim. <clears throat> well, that's yeah, I've what seen I you wear yeah those.
2: I wear those, and and uh, I think a lot of people made fun of me for wearing them. Oh, I thought it was a great but, look. I mean, love I'm, it, and you had the I'm, shades on. I'm trying to protect my skin, you know, yeah. and and, and uh, I got these sunburnt eyes and everything, so I gotta find a way to protect my. <laughs> I don't have a lot of looks, but I I got a little bit of tint to my to my face. So I gotta make sure that it uh, it. it Gels well with the rest of my body.
1: Do you Do you know of any other head coach that wears uh, one of those big uh, brimmed hats? No,
2: I think
0: that's I think that's unique to Coach
1: Satake. Uh, everyone would know. Yeah, you that, can pull it. It's either a lampshade or it's Satake. Think, a one shade, <laughs> one or the other. I like it. I like that look. I love that picture. The Tribune has a picture of you with that hat on with the sunglasses, and
2: I thought, man,
1: that looks like a cool dude.
2: I well, like you're that. right, Gordon. I, I am. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I "Looked like that's a cool the dude. look I was going for, though." Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right, all right.
0: <laughs> all right, Coach. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about your team and the progress uh, you saw in spring and uh, from last year. Are you happy with where things are?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'm looking at what our players are doing and, and the energy that that I'm feeding off of them, um, and the things that they're doing as a group and. I've been really pleased with what I saw from the Utah game last year going into the bowl game and then um, that going into the spring ball and then what I'm seeing right now currently. So I've been really pleased with the team and and, and with the leadership that I'm seeing. And and most of this motivation has come from within, from the players. And so I'm feeding off of them and just trying to do my best as a head coach to put them in a position for success.
1: Hmm. It seems as though, Kalani, that uh, you've been trying to build this culture for a while, not just the culture, but the technical aspects to it. You've been calling for explosive offense for uh, ever since you started here. And it seemed like toward the end of last season, certainly in the bowl game. I, I remember having a conversation with you and you said, this is what I'm talking about. This is the vision you have for offensive football at BYU.
2: I do, and it's something that was really familiar when I was a kid watching BYU football, you know, so um, I, I'm in a position now where, I, you know, I'm getting a little impatient, <laughs> and, I, and I understand some of the fans feeling the same way, and so um, trying to get production is the most important thing, but I also understand that our offense was brand new last year, and um, but I'm, that's why I'm really looking forward to this year and the how familiar things are going to be for Zach and for Jaron and for the O-line and receivers, running backs and tight ends. I, I'm, uh, You know, it was weird. We added a new O-line coach was really familiar with Grimes and Eric Mateos. And um, I almost forgot that he was a new coach to our staff because the transition was, uh, was an easy one for him. And um, buying into the system, into the culture, into the way that we recruit – and even the way our offense works, I, I watched him come into the group and on our offensive side, and, and just kind of get working. Run, run, and it's clicking really well right now. And that's a huge compliment to the leadership that we're seeing from Jeff Grimes, and also the the uh, it's a, it's a compliment to that whole staff. You know, and there's guys in there that have uh, a lot of experience play calling things, and and, and for them to work together with A Rod and Fessy and Steve Clark. Uh, a j Stewart, and all those guys that work together with it with Mateus and grimes i, I think it 's a really cool thing to see for and from my point of view i 'm really pleased with it and i 'm looking forward to good things this fall
0: that 's a big overhaul you know to bring in a, a new guy last year and install an entirely new offense and bring together those coaches that you were talking about with all that experience uh, did it are they living up to your expectation when you made those hires
2: definitely and i think they're not they 're not settled on anything you know it 's not like they... Last year we won seven games in the bowl game, and they are like, okay, great, we're we're kind of on our way. They they worked extremely hard in the off season to find ways to be more productive as an offense. They they weren't happy with the, the way things were. I mean, I think since Zach took over, they had to kind of transform form the offense a little bit differently. But um, what I've seen from the off season bowl prep to the off season. Those guys are working hard at making it, making it happen, and I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing right now, and I just can't wait to have them put it together and put, put it on the field. That's going to be really important for us, and getting them more production, more points on the, on the board, and, and uh, you know, that in, in, in combination with what our defense is able to do and what our special teams is able to do, I think it, it should work well for us this fall.
1: Kalani, when we talked with you a year ago at this event. Jake and I had the same reaction after our conversation with you. It was almost as though you – I know you're comfortable in a demanding environment because uh, from what you've said about the way your dad raised you, you know, and ran a a fairly tight ship and demanding in a a positive way, we both thought – Kalani seems like he's pouring on the demands on this team and expecting more out of them at a critical time, and uh, we, we noticed that through the season. I think there was evidence of that. Maybe not every time in every situation, but in more than we saw. Excuse me, more than we saw the year before. Are we reading it right?
2: Well, I'd like to think that I was the same, you know, the entire year uh, from the first year to now, but that would be foolish to say that. I I think that um, as as you're going through the first year, there's really no way to prepare to be a head coach other than just get into it. And that was really some really cool advice that I received from Kyle and from Gary and also from Lavelle himself that you just have to go through it and I've mentioned this before it's it's like being a father you know that you can prepare and read all the books you want and and talk to as many dads as you can but once you become a father it's a different deal and you become more comfortable with it just like I was with the first child um compared to when we had our third and how more comfortable I am as being a father you know so I think the coaching thing it follows the same thing and um I'd like to think that I was the same, but I I think that I've learned a lot along the way. And and sometimes you don't have to um, micromanage everything. Sometimes you don't have to, you know, for example, with a a pacifier dropping on the floor with your first child, you washed it in hot water. (laughs) By the time you get to the third child, you just let the kid pick it up and and put it back in his (laughs) mouth. And that's... And you realize that that was really nothing that, that should be alarming. You know what I mean? And um, But you learn that through the experience. And so going to the fourth year now, I've I definitely learned a lot. and a lot more comfortable in the role, but um, I, I've learned a lot and I've tried to, every year I've tried to make changes and do things differently and get feedback so I can improve as a head coach. And that's something that I did as a father every year. You know, so why wouldn't I do it as a coach right now in my profession? And I hope that um, in year 12 or 20 that you guys say, man, you're so much different than you were year 3 or 4. Mm-hmm. I hope I would, you know, be different. But um, in the meantime, I'm going to keep working hard and, and trying to make that happen. So that's probably why I, I agree with you there. But um,
1: Well, you were uh, never a pushover, that's for sure. So I don't mean to imply that.
2: Oh, no, that's that's – yeah, if you're saying that, Gordon, we're gonna have problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I'm, uh, I'm an easygoing guy, and and, and uh, I like to have fun, right? But don't mistake in that for lack of work and and then lack of care. You know, so I, I'm passionate about it. Um, I think my style is a little different, and maybe not not what a lot of people are used to. But um, I like to have a lot of fun. But I, I'm saying that that's not a weakness of mine. You know, and and then don't mistake in that for for someone that doesn't work hard you know and and i think that uh uh, maybe people don't understand it but uh, if you ask anybody or see anything uh talk to anyone that knows what we're about we're gonna get the work done there's nothing wrong with hard work doing hard work with a smile on your face what's the hardest part of the job what was hard about this job is, is actually preparing the recruits um and the players for the academic part that that 's something that i wasn 't ready for in year one. I knew that it was going to be harder at school, but you know you you, you don 't think that it would be as hard as it was school here is really difficult, and being able to work that it as you go through recruiting, i know we we were doing the recruiting pitch with um the honor code and what 's expected from the honor code and that that was not a problem at all. It was the the taking the three point nine g p a young man. And having him struggle in school here, and then being able to re- respond to that because school is really difficult. But um, I think being able to talk about that ahead of time, so they know what to prepare for. I think that was well, that was difficult. And, and um, yeah, other than that, I, I've enjoyed every part of it, man. I, I think that, that was a learning process for me that uh, mentioned that early, you know. And then some guys aren't ready for for this school um, academically. That's just the way it is. It's not like when I played here. So it's a lot. It's a lot harder, right? And, but that doesn't mean that you can't survive here or make it. You know, I think getting a degree from BYU is harder, but um, you can achieve a lot of things by getting a degree and, and and working hard and maybe not being a 4.0 student that you're used to when you're in high school. I've been asking all of all the guys this
1: question, Kalani. Uh, a lot of optimism today. Uh, on a scale from zero to ten on the optimism meter. Uh, Ten being most optimistic, what number would you pick for you at this point, moving forward for this particular team?
2: Well, I think for me, I have to be um, kind of on the realistic part right and and dealing with a quarterback that 's still not one hundred percent yet right and he 's on track and, and, and dealing with some youth in different areas and so but the the one thing that i 'm really optimistic about is the players and, and the group it 's different than i 've seen in years past. Um, just the way that they're reacting and the way that they're responding to different things, to go from that, like I mentioned before, the Utah game to the bowl game to now and where we currently sit, you could probably feel a lot of the energy and the passion, the excitement coming from the players. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an it, it's it, it's an infectious part of what we're doing right now, and so I would say my optim optimism from a coach's perspective has to always be around <laughs> the middle, right? Yeah. But um, but from What I've seen in years past, it's up there. So I I don't know where to put it with numbers, but I just, I know it's up there right now. And and, uh, I expect a lot of things from these guys, and they expect it from each other, and they're demanding from each other, which is a, a really cool thing to see.
0: Uh, competition is is a big deal to you mm-hmm. coach earning your spot is a big deal you've you've talked to us about that a, a number of times in the past so with that in mind how are you approaching the quarterback position going into fall camp this year
2: yeah I, I think every position is up for grabs um, I, I don't know if if you could say this is a 5050 race by Jaron and, and and Zach but I, I think everything needs to be earned if um, if, if uh, jaron's going to earn the being on the field, then he's going to have to do it and compete with with Zach, and, and that goes for every position group, you know, so um, <clears throat> I thought it was really important for um, for Zach to earn the spot last year, and I think instead of, for, instead of us, we knew when we had Zach in January that we had something special, but I don't think you hand the keys over to someone that's not earned it yet. And I think when the time came and we made that move, I think I think he had earned enough um, around that time and, and knew that he could bring something different to the table. you know. And, and when we made that move, I think the reason why we did it, it was so much later and it was done the right way. I give a lot of credit to A-Rod and to Grimes for making that available. Um, it allowed a person like Tanner, I give him a lot of credit for what he's done. Tanner was awesome during that whole process. He... he you talk about true leadership. He was all about the team. He turned around and made it about Zach, and built him up, and was about the team, and then put a, an environment in that position group that spread to the other groups, where he was about everything about the team, and and so you look at the group now. <clears throat> it's a group where that can compete against each other, but they help each other become the best that they possibly could be, and that's because of the example that Tanner set. You know, so now jaron and zach are competing but they're also helping each other same with baylor and joe so um that has kind of gone from there to the other position groups and it's a beautiful thing so we wouldn't be able to do this if it weren't for the senior leadership that we had last year and specifically tanner mango
1: you'll like uh you'll like zach's answer to a question that we posed to him and others have as well about being big man on campus quarterback at byu you're well aware of all that and the way that works here and his his answer essentially was, I ain't done nothing yet, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought that's a healthy attitude for a young quarterback to have.
2: I think that's probably going to be the answer no matter what he does. If he does something awesome and, and, and extraordinary this year, um, I, I don't think, I think he's going to be saying the same thing again. You know, if you know anything about his family, about the way he's raised, that's kind of everything he hears is just to keep working hard and, um, look at his mom and his dad and his siblings, but also his extended family, his uncles, aunts and his grandparents. They kind of just have that mindset of just working hard and, and never settling. And so I, I don't think he's going to be a problem at all when it comes to being puffed up in pride and everything because he gets humbled really quick by his family, and that's a, a really cool thing to have. Kalani Satake,
0: head coach at BYU with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Now, Coach, I've got to enlist your your help with something. Okay. Um, Gordon made a bet last year. And it, 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 he has not paid up. And so we may need a Another little. Another one? Uh, we may need a little encouragement. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: you're, bringing, uh, you're bringing this to the wrong guy because I owe him a steak dinner, uh, too.
0: Austin, Austin yeah. has a little tape we want to play back at the studio. Austin, if you please. Oh,
1: if BYU wins, I will take you and your wives to dinner. Any restaurant in Utah that you want to go to. Okay. I don't see a way they can win. Go Cougs.
0: That, that was, was before the Wisconsin game.
2: <laughs> Can you please bet every week f- before we play <laughs> against yeah, us? I've,
1: I've I've got a bad run of bets. Uh, I better stop doing Stay
2: away that, from bro. Wendover, Gordon. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I'm
1: not much of a gambler, but uh, uh, that game, really, Kalani, I know you think you're going to win every game before, beforehand and whatnot, but what a... I mean, I don't know how any honest person can't say that they walked away and shook their head at what happened on the field. Mm-hmm. And I guess re- that's valuable for your own players to learn that lesson. Like, hey, man, you can win these games even when nobody else thinks you can.
2: Exactly. I, I think there's always – t- you've, you've heard the saying of people saying that they're either you're either afraid to lose or you love winning, right? And that's kind of common. You can argue for both. I, I've been saying this a little bit today, but it, it, for me, it's really what am I going to learn from this, right? I, I think there's an, a huge opportunity in wins and losses for us to learn. The, the 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 thing that we learned from 2017 in the Wisconsin game was that they outmatched us physically. Yeah. We weren't even close, and we wanted to be a physical team that, you know, work on our on the ground game and work on our old line being such a physical presence, older guys and all that stuff. And then it, it was kind of the reality hit you in the face. And from that point on to try to learn the lesson and, and go to, to Wisconsin the next year and, and take it to them, that was a transformation that happened in a year, right? So uh, these guys are bought into actually learning lessons and getting better and, and finding ways to learn something from any experience that we have in games. Well, what I'd like to do is have more of those experiences consistently and more often. And so um there 's a lot of things that we 've learned from certain games, and obviously we haven 't played some of these other teams, but there's there 's a mindset that we can take from Wisconsin and other games that we 've won in arizona and and other teams that we 've beaten and kind of applying it to this to this type of, this type of game against Utah from the first game, and then also to Tennessee, going to a hostile environment now that we 've had three years under a bat, I think there's a lot of comparisons that we can draw, even though they're different opponents. And I think there's something that our players can really recognize. But <clears throat> for me, as a head coach, is to remind them of how we can learn from this. But the one thing that I, I, I talked about earlier is that the players are the ones that are are bringing up the lessons learned from it. The guys that struggled in the Utah game that were that were um, you know they were third stringers. <laughs> they didn't think they were going to be on the field. They were there. They were. And credit to Utah for um, exposing them and finding ways to make plays. They were embarrassed. Um, but those individuals were the MVPs of spring ball, mm. and and that has nothing to do with me. It's just how they were raised, right? So, those kids are. I'm excited to see what they're going to do this fall, you know. And so, that's a great lesson for everyone to learn, and everyone's seeing this happen in real time. And I don't know if you could really simulate any of that, except for draw on the experiences that you've had in the past, and so the guys can kind of see for their own for their own point of view how things can get better and so that's what we're looking for hopefully we made a lot of improvement from the utah game last year to now and and in 72 days we'll see the 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 outcome of that but like i said this is a great utah team probably the best team that they've ever had in a while with with loaded with talent what a great position for us to be in right now it's awesome so let's see what happens there and and what we can learn from that, and then let's try to simulate that energy and that intensity 11 more times.
1: Speaking of that, Kalani, tell me if my memory is right on this. The way I remember it is that you and I had a conversation before when you were defensive coordinator, had just been promoted to that at Utah, and you went into that Alabama game in the Sugar Bowl and took it to them. And we had a similar conversation at that time. Am I remembering that right? The yeah. timing is right on that right? And you guys went out and just played like, like, like maniacs. Just took it to that team. And again, same thing. A lot of people didn't think that that would happen.
2: Well, there's a difference with that year. You know, we we were prepared for it. And and so, I think it's easy to want to expect and want results, but if you don't work for them. And you're fooling yourself, you know. And so the, the key is to really work for it. There's a difference between arrogance and confidence. Arrogance is trying to fake it like you did the work, and and, and hopefully you can fake it through. And confidence is that you do, you did all the work, and you know it, and you, you're letting everybody else know it. And so our, I feel really good with our confidence level right now, and I, I'm excited about it. But that, that's, that's stuff that I didn't dream up. That's things that I've seen in my coaching career, I've seen uh, from Lavelle, and I've, I've learned. I've seen stuff from Lavelle, from Mac, from what Urban's done. I, I, I've learned from a lot of stuff that Gary has done and Kyle has done. You know what I mean? And, and so this isn't anything that I'm dreamt up. This is stuff that I've noticed and trying to put into work here. And, um, and and they, all that stuff from Lavelle, all those times, and then trying to embrace the things that Bronco did well, and that Croton did well, and and that Lavelle did well, and trying to make it make it BYU, and that's what what I'm trying to do.
1: Speaking of Bronco, you said something today that caught my attention. And first of all, let me back up on this, because, Kalani, you know where I am on this. You're the right man for this job. I've I've said that repeatedly. Uh, I don't think there's a better person to be in this very unique position than you are. Uh, but Bronco used to bring religion into football on a regular basis. Now, you've tamped that down a little bit, I, I would say, at least in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. But you said today, you said, we are disciples of Christ who just happen to play football. Um, that sounds like something Bronco would have yeah. said. How do you handle that? Uh, and is there an appropriate way? Because if you drag religion into football too much... And you, it's not like you necessarily you did that there because you still kept it separate, but if you do that, then people can can kind of. There's a difference between hating you for football and hating you mm-hmm. for your religion,
2: right? And so, how do you handle? How do you balance that? Well, I mean, I, I applaud the things that Bronco did here, you know, and he's he's right on, on many instances. For me, the uh, uh, embracing that it's it's part of what BYU is all about. Um, I watched Clemson win national championship and I watched their quarterback and their head coach praise Christ did that and nobody batted an eye at it you know so as a religious institution why aren't we allowed to say the same things you know and and I know a lot of people want to hear football talk and all that stuff but I think we can talk all about about all of it in one and and be okay with it I'm comfortable with that I'm comfortable with with my spirituality, you know, and, and I'm comfortable letting people know that how I feel, and but I'm also comfortable knowing that I'm not I'm not perfect, and that I'm just a man, you know, and I think it's okay for us to praise it in a lot of different ways, and but I I think it's important that our players know that they represent something more than just football. We we do a lot of charity work off off the field, and probably more than any other team in the college football. And I've seen people, I've heard people say, well, why don't you just temper you know temper that down a little bit and do more football stuff well because this is what bonds us together and makes us a closer family is serving the mission of the of the school is, is enter, enter to learn go forth to serve so a lot of these guys when you go on missions and you come back the serving doesn't stop the only difference is you get to date people and watch movies and stuff like that <laughs> but the service continues you know and I'm just trying to keep control the narrative and kinda keep the, 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 the talk going on, on what it's about and, and, and that's something that's um that I think people already know. But I think it's okay if I say it once in a while and I remind everyone what we're about and um that that's that's what drew me to BYU in the first place, even as a coach, you know, and so um that's I I'm I'm I don't think that <clears throat> I mean I've I've had Lavelle talk about things like that. I went on a mission because of Lavelle. You know, and, and I've mentioned that before, but uh, I don't hear—I don't think LaBelle is out there uh, praising himself about it. Um, but I'm—I'm I'm just saying that it's okay if I feel comfortable mentioning that that we are disciples of Christ, and I think that's okay. And I—I—I I, I don't expect people to judge us because I don't judge anybody else. But I think it's gonna—it's gonna be a fun thing where for us to mix football and academics and in church, you know. So that's. That's how we do our lives anyway, so I might as well just be all complete, one and whole. But I mean, my my level of understanding in church is really limited still. So, but I just know you that. you don't I, know it all. I'm, I'm yeah, <laughs> but I'm willing to to learn and, and to serve. And I mean, I, I it's crazy. There's not long ago. I this is a funny part of it, but um, a while ago, I remember I remember being in church and hearing somebody say that they bearing their testimony that they. Um, they believe that Gordon Monson is a true prophet of God. So they they basically messed up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh that Plani guy's joking. That, <laughs> that guy's listening to too much radio. <laughs> no, but I, 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 I think it's okay for, for, for me to mention that and I I hope people are okay with it and comfortable with that and and if not then it's okay. They they can voice their opinion to me, but that's who I'm gonna be and and be be okay comfortable with mentioning that. You know what I mean?
0: Well, Coach, you were always so generous with your time. We can't thank you enough for stopping by, and good luck with the season upcoming.
2: You guys are awesome, man. Go kooks, Thank you. I still thank owe you, Coach. That down yeah, line. you I mean, you owe a lot of dinner. Yeah, you. seriously. So
1: I got to start paying. Yeah, right? let's Don't do this I? thing. Huh? Right. You, right. you
2: might want to get some cattle, and 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 uh, you know. Start providing the, the steaks yourself. Yeah, let's and do it. Start this.
1: swinging that sledgehammer. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's what I'm saying. Bringing in some uh, top-grade meat here. It's, it's one thing to, to stiff Austin and I, but Coach, come on, Gordon. Kalani, really, uh, if you were going to order a steak, what, what, what's your preference? What kind of steak do you go for?
2: Ribeye, um, porterhouse, New York, uh, filet? I like them all, so, but, but if it was my choice... I always go for the ribeye because there's more and there's a lot of fat there, but then my wife has kind of turned me to the fillet because oh, the quality is much better. Mm. So I, I used to go for bulk, right, for, for the, the amount, mm-hmm. and now I'm kind of on quality. Something tells me this is going to get expensive. Well, I'm telling just, you. Just get two filets and you'll be all right. Exactly. Yeah, when
0: I'm eating on Gordon's Dime, my favorite steak is the one that's most expensive. Uh, Whatever. No. Bring me two. <laughs> uh, right. Coach, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, all right. Well, I have more Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.